Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Hey everybody, guess what? We are talking about episode number 31. 31 episodes, 31 weeks, give or take, with the exception of a couple here and there that I was incapacitated uh we uh have been having fun with this show i'm pretty stoked about it man it's really kind of coming along and uh we've got some good guests coming up i got some great guests coming up this week um got a couple of fun ones for next week so so i'm pretty stoked about this i hope you guys are gonna have some fun as well but uh so let's see what week is it it is the uh first week of october is that where we are really first week of october no it's the second week of october so it is uh, currently October 12th. Tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Well, today for you guys is Friday the 13th. And if you're in Philadelphia and you're anywhere to be found in Philadelphia, I highly suggest that you head up to the Sheraton at Valley Forge or uh, whatever it is, the Radisson. I think it's called the Radisson. I don't know. There's a big hotel up there. And it is called uh, – well, now i got to look it up. Now, now i gotta do, now I got to Google it. Taste Philadelphia. There we go. Um, so what we have going on for the weekend is the taste Philadelphia festival. Um, so if you guys are out and about, you're up near Valley Forge, you're anywhere up in that area. What we suggest is that you guys head over to, you ready for this? You ready for this? Go over to taste festival of food and wine and spirits. Check it out because we're going to do some really cool stuff this weekend. Um, and if you guys go online right now and you buy your tickets, I'm looking at it right now. It says buy now. And in the coupon section, you put Chef Bryduff. Some fancy stuff's going to happen. Okay? You guys are going to get a little discount to get a little bit of fun going in there. Um, I have the uh, the luxury of uh, being able to share the stage, shall we say, with Miss Kathy Lee Gifford. Yes, the GIF, the Mrs. GIF. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff. She's up there talking about wine and spirits and all that good stuff. I get to get up there with a Philly native who you guys have heard on the show in the past, uh, the special guest, Mr. G love. And what am I doing with G love? I'm going to use some of that special sauce, man. Uh, we're going to hang out for a little while up on stage on Saturday. And then again, on Sunday, we're going to have a little bit of fun on Saturday night. Hopefully we're going to hit the club, get some dinner. Hang out. We're doing a little VIP section for anybody who comes in. Um, there's a huge deal going on with new Uber users that get to save up to $20 with a code, which is TASTE2017. So you cannot get a DUI on the way home. By the way, you you, you, you do understand that, that if you get a DUI, you're a jackass, right? Everybody understands that. In this day and age with Uber and Lyft and even those things, I, I think they're called cabs, um, which you, they're really hard to find anymore, but but I highly suggest you use them. Um, I, I did a beer festival a little while ago, and I, I hosted it, and I stood up, and I said, hey, everybody, uh, if any one of you gets a DUI, you're a jackass. And it's simple. Look, even if your Uber's like a grand, you didn't get a DUI. It's just that simple. And the cool part about that is you can drink. You can have your fun. 
It's on your phone, man. So if you're in Philadelphia this weekend, you're going to the Taste Festival. We're talking about 150 food and drink stations plus cooking demos through the whole weekend. 50 different wines, spirits, and ales to sample throughout the whole thing. There are celebrity chef lectures, including me. Chef Brian Duffy. We got Kevin DeShane up there as well. Um, I know there's some people that are going to be hanging out in the audience as well. We got some uh, some Hell's Kitchen people in there. We got some Top Chef people out there. Uh, we're going to do a little meet and greet as well as a culinary signing with musical artist Mr. G Love. Uh, we're doing a uh, celebrity bottle signing for a unique souvenir as well. Um, so the whole deal is that it works from 6 to 10 on Friday. There's two sessions on Saturday. One is from 11 to 3. Then the other one is from 4 to 8. That's going to be like the big party one. Sunday from 12 to 4. I'm selling spices out there. I've got some other cool stuff that's going to be up there for sale. Plus, I'm doing a little demonstration for one of my favorite dishes called Cacio Pepe. I'm going to do a G-Love special sauce poached egg. And then right after that, um, you guys can walk around. You can get a taste. I'm doing a pork belly. I'm doing a charred onion crema. I'm doing a little bit of a duffified French toast, French bread. I'm sorry. It's going to be grilled off with my spice and some really fancy butter on top of it with a tomato, bacon, and rosemary jam. Um, so I'm pretty stoked about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, general admission tickets grant you all the food, wine, and spirits, and tastings, and all that good stuff. So again, this is the Taste Festival. It is in Philadelphia. I'm sorry, it's in uh, Valley Forge um, at the uh, Sheraton. I believe the Valley Forge Casino, which is 1210 First Avenue in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Get over there, get your stuff, get your tickets, and have fun. Okay, so... This uh, this last couple of weeks, holy shit, the stuff that I've been doing. So um, two weeks ago, I ended up being all the way out there in uh, Cleveland. I went out for the, uh, the little festival that we did out there, um, which was uh, Cleveland was the Roots Innovate 2017, which is with Farmer Lee Jones at the Culinary Vegetable Institute. And I know you guys, you know, if you remember last week, I was talking about the inspiration that I felt from that. Because it was really just a really inspirational weekend. Um, now, I, I was only there for a couple of hours on Monday. But but when I left, like I rarely feel like I'm missing out on something. But I truly felt that I was missing something by leaving. And so, so next year, hey, Farmer Lee, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me out. Thanks for letting me get up on stage talking about my hospitality stuff and employee and all that good stuff. Um, so then I hopped a plane and I immediately flew out to Sacramento. Where out in Sacramento, I got to hang out with the California Walnut Board. Um, met some unbelievable chefs while I was out there. Just really, really great, nice people. Uh, we got to go into the orchards of uh, um, of a local uh, walnut harvester who also has a couple of different farms up there. He's got a nursery. They really have about thirty five. I'm sorry, sixty five hundred acres. Um, of product up there. And the big one is the, is the walnuts right now. It's in smack dab in the middle of the harvesting season. Um, and these guys are bringing in like 3.2 tons per acre, which he said is a massive amount. So I believe him <laughs> next day, uh, after going out to just a wonderful, wonderful dinner, um, that night at a really cool restaurant called the Grange, which is inside of the Citizen Hotel right in downtown Sacramento. Uh, we had a great meal prepared by the chef over there who used walnuts in a whole bunch of different ways. Next morning, we got to get up, headed right over to uh, to the Art Institute of Sacramento where we were welcomed with wide open culinary arms. 
And they invited us in and we sat in a class and there were, you know, a whole bunch of chefs and executive chefs and uh, writers and bloggers and and editors from just great, great magazines. And uh, we got to sit down and have a little class. I felt like I was back in culinary school again. Um, after that, they put us into a kitchen and uh, a wonderful chef named Juliet, uh, who works for the California Walnut Board, uh, gave us some ingredients and we got to go and play. So I got to work with three other chefs, um, a gentleman uh, who was the executive chef for Sonic, as well as um, a wonderful chef named Brittany, who was with uh, Charlie Cheddar, Cheddars. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know – like I don't have these notes in front of me. I just try to remember it all, and, and, and I'm all over the place. So um, trying to remember is a tough thing sometimes. But um, so hanging out with those guys was awesome. We came up with some really cool dishes. Uh, I got some really cool stuff this morning in the mail to thank me for it. And then I, I actually got a call from my agent. They wanted me to head down to L.A. They wanted me to go down and shoot a pilot for something. And so I booked my flight. I flew from Sacramento right down into L.A. Guess what? I land in L.A., and there's a message from my uh, – um, from my agent letting me know that it was canceled. So guess what? I got three days in LA. My kids were away for the weekend. My brothers live in LA. My buddies live out in LA. So my good buddy, Bryce Cooper, who's been on the show in the past as well, um, lives out in LA. I got to hang out at his house for a couple of hours. He's got three chickens in the back. Um, so we got to play with the chickens for a little while, cook up some fancy eggs. Um, then I went out to dinner with my good buddy, uh, Mr. Nick Liberato, um, Bryce and Nick and myself went into Little Japan and we went out for uh, just some some good old fashioned fun food, man. Walk in the town, went into a place, a little noodle bar at the end of it. My friend uh, Diane Small, Diana Small, who is from uh, Vegas, uh, who now lives in L.A., ended up meeting us out for dinner and drinks as well. Uh, just an all around kind of good night. We had a good time. Back to the house, got woken up pretty early the next morning with the chickens, and then uh, I did some work during the day in the first part of the morning, and then Bryce is an avid motorcycle collector. He's got 17 bikes out there. Um, I had the luxury of riding a 1969 Harley FLH, um, which is a pretty badass bike. It's a shovel head. Um, but the worst part about the whole thing was that it's a 1969 Harley. So the whole idea behind it is, look, I've got a 2000 street, bob, 2007 street bob. I had a, uh, I had a 2005 uh, Sportster prior to that. Well, this bike's almost 50 years old, man. So working the clutch and working the brakes is a totally different deal than working a bike that's you know only 10 years old. Um, so it was a different experience for me. I, I uh, you know, I'm very aware when I ride. I really try to pay attention to everything that's around me, um, and that's because it's an easy bike to ride on mine. But then you hop on to, uh, you know, maybe the PCH and you're heading down towards Long Beach and Hermosa and Redondo and Manhattan and there's cars everywhere in rush hour traffic. It's a shitty ride. It's not fun, man. I skidded a couple of times heading into some uh, into some stoplights. Uh, you know, I grinded my clutch a couple of times because it's an old clutch, man. That shit's 50 years old. So. It was a really cool ride, though. It was a neat uh, neat experience to head down there with my buddy Bryce. Uh, then I ended up going back over to my brother's house. Uh, we crashed there for the night, hung out with those guys, went out for a great little dinner with the family. Um, 
And then next day it was game on, man. You know, we got out and got to play kids and all the good stuff. Like, you know, hey, it was just a really great weekend. Had a little epiphany session with my brothers on Saturday night. So my brothers own a production company called the Ugly Brother Studios. Um, and these are the guys who uh, created the show Eat the World with Emeril Lagasse. They won two Emmys for it, uh, five James Beard nominations, uh, and also uh, a whole bunch of Emmy nominations. So they won. Pretty cool what's happening with that. Um so we sat around and we drank for a little while and, you know, it was Cali, man. So we got to smoke for a little bit and hang out and just kind of laugh and um, came up with some pretty cool things. It's kind of fun to sit back with your brothers and, and, and have that opportunity to where there's no kids around. You just get to sit and chill and chat and have fun. Um, so uh, I came home and then I flew uh, right out to Denver where I got into the Great American Beer Festival, uh, hanging out in the Beer Festival, man. It was my first opportunity going out there. Had a great time with uh, my my clients from uh, Miller Coors. Um, I develop recipes for Miller Coors. So uh, I created a sauce, which is a Blue Moon Citrus Aioli, and Red Robin picked it up. So we, we kind of launched it at the uh, Great American Beer Festival, which was really a, a, a really cool uh, just event the whole way. Um, what did I get from the Great American Beer Festival? I got two new hats, man. You know, I love my hats. God, I love my hats. These two are badass. These are Colorado hats. So I had some fun. Um, then uh, I flew from Colorado directly into Pittsburgh, where I went out in Pittsburgh, man, I went out pretty hardcore on Friday night. Um, I landed about six o'clock. I got to my room, hopped in the shower. I met some friends, ended up going out to dinner. Um, and I went to one of my favorite restaurants in the country, which was uh, is a little spot called Meat and Potatoes, um, which a, a couple of years ago was my one of my favorite restaurants in the country. They really do an amazing job. Um, little little you know little little missteps here and there on some on a couple of things. We ended up ordering uh, the the poutine, um, which which for those of you who don't know poutine, it's also known as the unholy mess, disco fries, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a late night food. It's uh, super fatty. It's really not good for you. It's loaded with carbohydrates and fat. So I decided to put a fucking egg right on the top of it, man. I dropped a big old fat old dippy egg right on top of it. Um, dish was really good. And then unfortunately our bartender forgot to order the next couple of the next course. Um, so really didn't want to hang out after that. Ended up going to another one of their restaurants though, around the corner that was called Taco. T-A-K-O. And uh, holy shit, these guys combined the whole concept of a taco stand, the street food, the classic street food that's coming out of Korea, China, Japan, Mexico, America, all at the same time. All the cooks behind the line were just on fire with every single part of it. They were just all firing on, on full cylinders, man. You know, they were they were just crushing it across the board. Um, the food was awesome. Uh Ended up getting uh, some nice little wings, got a couple of different plates, got a bunch of different tacos and stuff. Um, headed up right next door to a place called uh, Pork and Beans. Uh, little, and they have all, you know just a great bar in there, a lot of really cool stuff that was going on in there. Then up to the street to a little place called um, Twist or Shake. Twister Shake? Oliver Twister Shake? I can't remember. Uh, little bar, little guy playing up there. And then I get to—I went back to my room and crashed for the night. I woke up the next morning right over to the Pittsburgher uh, Burger Festival where I got to judge 10 different burgers, um, all from Pittsburgh. 
And uh, it was a cool little event, man. They really do a nice job. Diana Rua, who is the the event coordinator for it, and her media group puts the whole thing on. Um, the whole town kind of gets involved. It's in the uh, Southwark side of Pittsburgh, across the bridge, um, about uh, two miles away from uh, from Three uh, Three River Stadium, uh, which was just really cool. It was a neat little event to get involved in. And then I went back to my house and. Uh, a wonderful woman named uh, named April, uh, who works for a liquor company. Uh, I, I was, you know, I was looking for some friends to go out with, and I said, "Hey, who wants to go out?" And um, April invited me to go out with some friends of hers. Uh, we had a really nice time at a, a little place called uh, Denoria's. Let me see if I can remember that. D I A N. Oh wow, D I A N O R I A. I think that's what it is, Dionoria, uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, which was just this great, great Italian restaurant. You know, super classic um, Italian food. Um, it's Dianoia, D-I-A-N-O-I-A. Beautiful, wide open space, bright, kind of an Amalfi Coast kind of look to it with white and blue, a little bit even like kind of Santorini in a way with some grease. But um, great wall uh, accoutrement and then everything that was hanging from the ceiling was really cool. Open kitchen, open bar. Uh, we drank our faces off, man. We really did and ate like rock stars. Um, so much so that I went back to my room at like 11 o'clock. I was in my room. I was totally chill. And then uh, I flew right back to Philadelphia the next morning. So I've been home the whole week. Um, I'm going to ask everybody to do me a big favor. My father has been sick uh, for the last couple of years. Pancreatic cancer, uh, all that good stuff. He beat it. And uh, he ended up in the ICU on Saturday of last week. So uh, he's he's doing much better now. But look, hey, if you're religious or not, a little thought of, hey, can somebody send some love over to Philadelphia to go see Dr. Duffy? That would be really cool. Uh, just a little thought, you know, positive thinking. Let the guy kind of move along a little bit. And uh, I think he'd be pretty happy with all that. So, um, so that's kind of where we are for this week. We have uh, some fun stuff going on uh, with our guests for this week. Um, one of the hardest parts about doing this show is getting all of these great guests uh, to coordinate. Um, we've got a pretty cool thing. Oh, how about this shit? So uh, I hired an assistant, uh, another assistant, a couple of months ago to come and work with me. And just like all the rest, I I've had one purely awesome assistant and uh uh she was the cool she was the coolest man jotty b is out there on instagram and twitter if you get a chance go out and give her a shout tell her i said hey she was wonderful she was she was just awesome um and she had uh you know she had her first child and then she had her second child and it just got to be a little bit too much for her so i've been struggling to find a good quality assistant for the last couple of years um i've had two three pretty good ones but nothing super awesome i hired this great girl out of philly a couple months ago and then she just shit the bed, man. She just disappeared. You know, my world's pretty simple. All I need you to do is check your email twice a day. We have a conference call on Monday, conference call on Friday. All you got to do is reply back to the emails. When it comes to the show, um, my assistant actually gets two and a half percent uh, of whatever the show generates. So when we, when our sponsors are up to date and everybody does all that stuff, they get a percentage, a cut of the show. Um, you know, plus they get paid on top of it. So, uh, for us, I'm trying to find an assistant, man, because look, there's a lot of moving parts to this little world that I live in, you know, between booking appearances and scheduling stuff and talking with clients on the phone, potential clients talking about all the other businesses that I'm involved in. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big moving part. So, 
Um, if anybody out there knows a great assistant, somebody wants to come and work for me, super easy job, man. You can do it from your house. You can do it from the luxury of your car. You can do it from the luxury of a lazy boy that's hanging out with you. I really don't care. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, but all I ask is – and the funny part is I do everything through technology. You know, I have a whole thing for scheduling that's called time trade. Time trade is this amazing thing. If you're busy, all you do is you send them a link. You go into your calendar and you determine what times you have available. So like every week I go into my calendar and I just set up what times I have available for a couple of different things. One, I have a 15-minute call. Then I also have a 30-minute initial proposal call. And then I have a one-hour Duffified Live podcast. So my guests get to pick whatever days that they want that I'm available to do those recordings. So it's really an easy job, man. How hard is it? Why does everybody have to shit the bed? I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but uh, we, uh, it, it's, it's just – it's crazy. Why is it so hard for people to work? You know, I mean, look, and, and, and my last girl was great. Don't get me wrong. She has two jobs. She bartends. Um, plus, she's got some other stuff with training and fitness that she does and then to work for me. So I get it. I understand it. But when I ask you, you know, hey, can we hop on the phone? And your response back to me is today's my day off. Um, when you know that Monday and Friday are my days, man, they're the days that we can talk. We don't have to talk the rest of the week. I use an app called Trello where I put all my thoughts in there. So if I'm on a plane and I have a bunch of crazy thoughts, which I usually do while I'm on the, the plane, a, a lot of people when they're on the plane sleep. I'm like a working dude. Like I get up there, I break out my laptop. I've got a small MacBook Pro that I pop up. So And I got the smaller, the smaller one specifically for the fact that I can use it on a plane. So uh, I put all my thoughts into Trello, different ideas for shows and different guests that I want to reach out to um, and you know, different ideas for food and companies and business and websites and all this other stuff that I, that I get involved in. Because for me, when I think of a thought, I end up usually buying the website to kind of match it. I might hold on to it for a year. It's like a $10 deal, man. It's really not that big of a deal. And uh, then I send it out to Michelle uh, Stockman, who is from Techno Solution. Um, she's the one who does all my websites. She's designed a bunch of my logos and stuff. And uh, I send them out to Michelle, and she picks up the websites for me while I'm thinking about them. And then a year later, we kind of discuss whether or not we're going to hold on to them. And that was something that we did yesterday, was try to find out which websites we're going to hold on to. So, um, But uh, so I, I want to go into a couple of things that we're talking about right now, um, just kind of in the industry and some stuff that's happening um, out there right now, it, it's like festival season for chefs, um, which is one of the weirdest things because, um, you know, festival time is one most, it's usually all over the, all, all over the country where these things start to happen. It's really summer, a little bit that goes into fall, but mainly really like spring and summer. Um, unless you're talking about nightclub and bar, which is in March and that's in Vegas and it's like the perfect time to be in Vegas while you're out there. But we'll talk about nightclub and bar as well. But um, just a bunch of really cool stuff going on. You know, uh, Star Chefs is this week up in New York. New York Food and Wine is this week up in New York. Um, the uh, Burger Festival was out in Pittsburgh. Roots Innovate was out there. Great American Beer Festival. So I, I hopped on my plane on – uh, on Wednesday morning, I think it was Wednesday morning to fly out to Denver. And there's like seven other chefs on the plane. Um, everybody's going to great American beer festival. Everybody's heading out there. So it's like a fun time to fly. So if you'd like to see celebrity chefs and all that stuff, Hey, hop on a plane, man. Cause they're all traveling all over the entire country. Um, so who knows, who knows what's going on out there? 
Um, so let, let's have a quick conversation right now. Uh, so I, I do a lot of research on Eater and um, a couple other websites about you know like food news and stuff like that just to see what's going on in the industry and some of the cool stuff that's happening right now that's going on all over. Um, so did you guys know that every Arby's restaurant in America is going to serve deer meat sandwiches for one day? Um, this is an article that was put out on Food Beast, which is a great little website. It really gives you new ideas about what's happening. Um, uh, you know, here's a weird one right here, which is Applebee's bartender leaks a video of Dollaritas being made with mostly water. Whoops, that was an accident. I can tell you that one. Nobody was supposed to know that one. Um, uh, Gordon Ramsay calls cocaine the restaurant industry's dirty little secret. So I used to have a, a cook who worked for me. His name was Andrew. And uh, I'm not a big drug guy. I smoke weed every now and then. I enjoy it. I'm a fan. I like the benefits of it, not only for my brain, but for the medicinal purposes as well. Um, I use a CBD salve uh, kind of on my knees because, look, I'm 46 years old, man. You know, things get a little tired. My hands uh, at the end of a day of holding knives and working my ass off, they start to get a little little cranky. They start to get a little bit of, uh, in, in pain, shall we say. So uh, one of the things that I do with that is I use a CBD salve. It is uh, it, it's just works out perfectly for me. Um, but I never could really tell if somebody was on drugs or not. So I used to be the chef at a restaurant in this little town in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And this was when I was like full-fledged 100% into the Irish end of food. This was an opportunity where – or a place where – um, the Today Show grabbed me uh, because they liked some of the stuff that I was doing. I've had a phenomenal relationship with the Today Show ever since. And this is like 2004, 2005, 2006. So we're talking about like 11 years ago. Um, and it was just a great time in my career. I was unbelievably creative. I was on fire. Uh, you know, I was like, you know, I was like 35 years old, man. I was like 34. I was right in my prime for having fun. Um, I, I, I do, of course, as everybody says, wish that I knew then what I know now. But we still, we ran a really profitable property. We ran a lot of, uh, uh, had just amazing food. I had great cooks, great people that worked with me. I even had a guy named Jay Brown. Jay Brown walked up to me on day one. And uh, says to me, um, uh, this was on the street, like we were getting ready to open. And he walks up and he's like, uh, are, are you the chef here? I said, I am the chef here. And he said, well, my name's Jay Brown. And he goes like this, Jay Brown, black from the waist down. And I was like, oh, good. I got one of these guys. Jay Brown, by the way, was a redheaded white guy. OK, so when anybody walks up to you with that, it means one, they're trying to be funny. Two, they got an itty bitty little dick. So we're going to run with that. But so Jay Brown walks up to me after having this little comment, and I kind of laugh, you know, the side laugh. I think I was like out front smoking a cigarette, drinking a cup of coffee. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I, I don't know what kind of place you guys are going to have here, but uh, I make the best crab cakes around. And you should hire me because of my crab cakes. Well, and the funny part about that is that I was doing this amazing research for like six months, just all about Ireland, and I was able to get in this great crab meat that's a brown crab meat that's indigenous to the western the western coast of Ireland. Um, really, really cool stuff. Nice, sweet flavor to it. Great stuff called brown crab. Um, so listening to this guy talk, and and you know, and, and all chefs, all cooks, they have their pride point, and so I ended up hiring Jay. Um, 
and uh, Jay worked for me for a while. We fired him. He went to jail. He came back. He went back. He came back. He went, you know, it was like one of those types of guys that worked for you. But but he was the comic relief in our kitchen. And uh, uh, but but I'm totally, totally taken off on a tangent talking about this restaurant. One day I think I should talk just about the restaurants that I've worked in. Maybe I'll do that. I'm, the hell with it. Maybe we'll do it right now. Who knows? Um, but uh, but I remember that one of my guys came up to me one day and he's like, "Yo, chef, like, uh, I know you're big against drugs, and so so for me, drugs are pills, needles, uh, powders, things you got to snort, things you got to shove in your veins, things you got to take to kind of let it sit in your body for a little while, like pills and whatnot." And I'm not that guy, so. Apparently, Andrew used to do coke every single time. He would do a line or do a bump or do a rail every time that he would go into his refrigerated box. Well, I had no idea. He worked my fry station for me, worked my fry and a little bit of grill. But the funny thing about Andrew is so once I learned this, every time that Andrew would bend down, I would then walk out front and I would go to my servers. And I used to do this crazy funnel cake uh, dessert. That was really pretty wild. We did like a fried ice cream that was on top of it. Had a whole bunch of really cool sauces that went with it and whatnot. Some fresh fruit and everything that went on. Like it was a little carnival food in, in this really, really cool Irish pub. And uh, so every time that he would start doing coke, uh, I would go out to the servers and I'd say, girls, girls, it's funnel cake night. And they'd all laugh because then they knew it was a great dessert. Everybody bought it. Um, and it would rip apart Andrew's fryers. And Andrew was one of those guys who was always missing like one ingredient for his station. Uh, he was always missing something, whether it would be garlic or heavy cream or a beer batter or flour or cornstarch or whatever it was. He was always missing a dish. So uh, so I used to just totally inundate him with these, with these, uh, these funnel cakes and trying to watch a – 19 or 20 year old kid who's now on coke try to get prepared as five six seven eight nine ten uh funnel cake desserts would walk in was just kind of classic and it was just kind of funny so um i don't i wonder what happened andrew andrew if you're still out there brother and you listen to this or you're alive i hope you are more power to you brother i hope everything works out really well for you um we had a uh we, we may as well just talk about kitchen stuff what the hell? Why not? Let's just talk about some kitchen stuff this week. Um, I had another girl that worked for me. I'm not even going to tell you what her name was. But uh, she used to allow her roommates to give her roofies. Yeah. I'm going to let that. We're going we're gonna to just – we're going to sit here for a second. Okay. We're going to sit here for a second. We're going we're gonna to let that uh, kind of macerate. We're going to let it macerate in our heads for a little while about the fact that I had a sous chef who worked for me who allowed her roommates to roofie her. That seems like a little bit of odd world. Okay. But you never know. Everybody needs love, man. I don't know why I played that one, but why not? Uh, yeah, she used to let people roofie her. But the weird part is so one day I'm sitting in my office. And uh, my 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 sous chef, whose name was Dan, and Dan was a was a phenomenal cook, and he was a great sous chef, but he had the temper of like a rabid pit bull, 
Uh, he would just go after people. And there were so many times I'd be like, Dan, you got to back off, brother. You got to back off, brother. Dan is unbelievably successful. He's a great friend. Uh, he's a good friend. I, I don't even get to see him anymore. But he was a really, really good dude. And he worked my line. And I remember sitting in the office. I'm doing like food cost or something. And my, and my office was at the end of the line, at the end of the kitchen, um, between the back door and the, and the convection oven. And I'm in there and my guys are all cooking and I'm listening to them talk and I hear this – the female tell, uh, tell Dan, my sous chef, that she had gone to the doctor today. And the doctor told her that, that it was time for her to stop having anal sex. Yeah, I went there. And, and I, I stopped for a second and I poked my head out the office door. And I look over and there's my sous chef and he's standing there at me and Dan looks at me and he full on like like out of a movie goes, oh, oh yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you heard. That's exactly what you heard. So like these are the things that we get going on in kitchens, man. I mean just crazy stuff. I remember working at a place in, uh, in, in Philadelphia in a little, a little outskirt of Philadelphia called Maniunk and I got stabbed in the shoulder by a pencil because there was uh, – I had an African-American dishwasher who worked with me. And uh, he was an asshole. His name was Kevin, and he was an asshole. Kevin had one eye and uh, probably got in a fight, probably started it. Kevin was always angry. No matter what you did, Kevin was just kind of a dick. And uh, he – one of my servers walked around the corner and threw her pots – her her, uh, her silverware in the, in the bin, in the silverware bin. And he looks out and he yells out. What's and, and so she throws him in there and I guess he got splashed or whatever it was. And he's like, listen to me, you fucking Jew. And like throws out like Jew at this little she was I mean, Jesus, she was probably 21 or 22 years old. Cute little Jewish girl uh, worked her ass off. Great server, super friendly, never in a fight with anybody. And I remember saying, Kevin, like, yo, dude, come on, man. You can't say stuff like that. And I said, imagine if somebody called you an N. Well, this motherfucker got so mad. I remember him, like, slamming shit down, like, knocking trash cans over. And he comes over to the one side of the line. I was on the other side of the line. He was on the expo side. And he's, like, screaming at me through the window. It was a slower night, not a lot going on. I just kind of ignored him, and I was like, dude, just back off, relax. You know that's not what I said. I had a bunch of other African-American guys in the kitchen with me. One guy whose name was uh, was Irvin, uh, E-R-V-I-N. He was a great dude, man. And he uh, – uh, I was standing on the line. I was, I was chopping onions or something. And it was about 10 minutes after the inter- in, in, after like the little altercation, the little the little interaction that he and I had had with each other. And he uh, walked past me and stabbed me in the shoulder with a pencil. Yes, stabbed me in the shoulder with a pencil. And uh, and I turned around and I had a chef knife. Like, I mean, I, I had like 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 probably a 12 inch uh, French knife in my hand. And Jr. and it was and, and Kevin was right in front of me as I turned around. And Jr. in a matter of seconds walks in between the two of us, reaches down with his hand, squeezes on my wrist, takes the knife out of my hand as if I was going to stab this guy, and walks away. And I look at Kevin, and I looked at him, and, and he was ready to fight. His, his, his one eye was blaring. He was ready to go or glaring at me. He had his fist pulled up, and I just stood there, and I said, you know, the worst part about this situation is that you now have to go home to your wife and your three children and explain to them why you don't have a job. 
And he just looked at me and he just like started lighting up, just screaming at me, flipping out. And I was like, I'm giving you three minutes. Get the fuck out of the restaurant. So I gave him three minutes on like the two minute, 45 second mark. He goes blowing out the kitchen doors. We ended up calling the cops and going through all that stuff. But yeah, I saw him about about a year later. I was working at another restaurant. He was across the street and I was coming out of a basement at another restaurant. And uh, I remember him yelling at me from across the street about what a piece of shit I was. It was pretty cool. It was fun. It was the wonders of this this amazing little world that we live in. Um, so but but let, let's go back to this real quick. So every Arby's restaurant in America in America is going to serve deer meat sandwiches for one day. A while back, Arby's released a sandwich featuring a deer meat patty. Okay, the venison sandwiches sold out immediately, and uh, fans itching to try them had to uh, had to be at the select few locations selling the sandwich. Unfortunately, it was a little tougher for some folks than others. Now, Arby's is bringing their immensely popular venison sandwiches to every Arby's restaurant in America for just one day. So, you want to try? Uh, now they say it's a patty, but it's not. It almost looks like a little tenderloin that's sliced about about a half to three quarters of an inch thick. Now we all know the pictures lie. It's not like you go to McDonald's and you actually get that goddamn burger. It's not like Wendy's looks like that when you buy it. It's not like any of that. Now Red Robin does. They have some pretty good looking burgers though. I will have to say that. And because I created a sauce for them. So now we're like best friends. But anyway, so October 21st is venison day. Um, customers will be able to find this venison sandwich on October 21st at every Arby's location in the United States. Sandwich features thick cut venison steak that's topped with crispy onions and a juniper berry sauce. The meat is marinated in garlic, salt, and pepper and cooks for three hours. Why the fuck are you marinating uh, venison? Why are you going to marinate that? Let that shit come out. Uh, if you're set on trying to be sure to line up before the sandwich chain opens its doors and they'll only be available while supplies last. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. That's what it says. Um... So we've got a couple of other fun little things that are coming up here and that are going on. Um, So Craig Robinson dropped 50 pounds by going vegan and cutting alcohol. How about that? Actor and comedian Craig Robinson has been shedding some weight as of late, and he attributes it to the drastic switches in his lifestyle. You can see his new figure in the video below. Uh, You guys can't see it because I'm, you know, you're not with me. You can come with me if you'd like. I'd love to have you guys hang out with me. Um, we should do a live show. I'm. I think. I think we got to go back down to Tampa. I think we do. I think the first week of November, I'm gonna hang out in Tampa for two days. We should do a live show if we can. If the boys at Radio Influence will allow me to do it, we should totally hop down there and do that. Um, but uh, let's see. Let's see what's going on. So last Christmas, celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay was disturbed by an incident involving drugs that took place at one of his restaurants. A customer took a plate to the bathroom to snort some cocaine. Then returned it to a waiter and asked to trade it for a clean plate. What the fuck? Chef Ramsay had all of his restaurant's toilets swabbed for the drug. Only one of his establishments turned up free of cocaine. One. He has since told outlets, including The Guardian, that cocaine is the restaurant industry's dirty little secret that is widely done but scarcely discussed. Look, I have been in this industry since I was 14 years old. I am 46. Okay. I have been in this industry for 32 years. I have seen two people do coke. Two. So I don't know if it just happened in some of the higher-end kitchens because like even when I was at the Four Seasons, I didn't see it at the Four Seasons. I was at at McCormick and Schmick's $5.5 million a year property. Amazing food. I didn't see it there. I, I I I don't know what happened with that. 
don't know. Maybe I just missed it. I wasn't a drug guy, though. I, I think we've talked about that. Like, I wasn't a big drug guy. I was the guy who I drank, you know? I mean, I drank with everybody. I, it wasn't a problem. I drank. Um, but, but I, you know, I, and I got drunk with my buddies. Like, that's what we did. At the end of the day, you go, you sit down, you have a couple pops, and, and, and you go home. You know, and try not to get a DUI on the way, I think, was really the, the, the way that we did that. But I smoked, though. I smoked a lot of cigarettes. I smoked for 27 years, and the industry was a big one. One of my good my, my good friends who, unfortunately, uh, we had a, we had a falling, falling out a couple, uh, couple months ago after um, uh, he was the chef at a restaurant and uh, wasn't cutting it, and it sucks because he was a good friend. Um, and we never really got past that part. But I could watch this guy smoke a Marlboro. I'm not shitting you in like three or four drags. We were at the Big Fish restaurant, which is a Chuck was a Chuck Muir restaurant back then. They had probably 32 different restaurants, Charlie's Crab, Big Fish. It's really where I learned a lot about fish, other than when I lived in the Keys. I lived in Key Largo. Um, and uh, I learned a lot about fish down there. I met a great fisherman. I went out with him one day for like two days. This guy, if he'd cut himself, he would take crazy glue. And put crazy crazy glue on his cuts and uh, and seal them up because he was out on the ocean, you know. I mean, I guess the crazy glue in the water—I don't know what it was—but it worked for him. But he used to catch crazy, crazy great fish, man. We had a lot of fun with him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was a smoker. I smoked for 27 years. When I finished smoking, I was smoking two packs a day, two packs a day. I remember that I could smoke a cigarette. I would wake up in the morning, 5:30, 6 o'clock. And I could smoke – this is going to be disgusting. I could smoke two to three cigarettes before I would wake the girls up to go to school. I would drive them to school. Never smoked around the girls. I never, ever, ever smoked around my girls. Never smoked in the car with the girls, any of that stuff. Those girls would be dropped off at school, and I knew that I could smoke probably four cigarettes to, on my way to work. And this was when I was working. This was at the end. I remember working in uh, – I was doing a place called Seafood America, which is quite possibly one of the worst jobs that I've ever had. They hired me to be a, a uh, um, basically like the executive chef for the company. I created products for every major grocery store chain, seafood products for every major grocery store chain in the world. The owner was an asshole. He was an old, crotchety old man, just hated new young people. Um I created some really cool products for them and, and, and it got to a point that I was so far ahead of schedule, there was nothing for me to do. So, you know, most people take lunch at, at like noon. Well, so did I in the first, for the first two or three months. And then I would start taking lunch earlier, 11 30, 11 o'clock, 10 30. And then I would nap afterwards for like three hours, eh, sometimes four. But if my phone rang, I would grab a cigarette and grab my lighter and my phone and I would walk out the front door of my office because I had my own like kitchen office, walk out the front door of the office and I would go outside and smoke a cigarette while I was on the phone. If I was on a 20-minute call, I'd probably smoke two cigarettes. So I was smoking three packs or two packs a day um, and then one day I, uh, I woke up and I walked downstairs and uh, to turn the lights off, it was 1.32 o'clock in the morning. I walked downstairs to turn the lights off in my house, and I had an empty pack of cigarettes on the on my like on my on like my coffee table, my living room. And I remember getting my keys fully pajamaed. I got my keys and I walked out the front door, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. 
And I was going to buy a pack of cigarettes so that I had them for the next day. And I remember walking down the steps and walking down the front sidewalk towards my car. And I stopped and, I, and it, was, it was 2 o'clock in the morning and I was loud. I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm fully addicted. Like cigarettes are taking over my life. Like I'm consumed by this. And that was it. I quit. I quit cold turkey right there. Uh, that was like six and a half years ago. I did, however, smoke for like 30 days and I had a super cool girlfriend. I had an awesome girlfriend. Her name was Jill and we used to have a lot of fun, but, but, uh, she wasn't a smoker. She was like a marathon runner, super healthy, like tall and lean. And then she's like dating this short, fat chef guy, uh, who smokes and I, and I, I needed to lose some weight for something. And I smoked, I smoked for 30 days. So one month out of that time frame, and I lost like 12 pounds, thinned down, shot a pilot, everything was awesome, quit smoking right after. But I remember her like looking at me one night, and she looked at me and said, you're smoking again. And I was like, you're right, I did. I said, but I, but, but I, but I quit, like I'm done right now. Like that was it. I lost my weight. We're all good. Haven't touched a cigarette since. Wouldn't touch a cigarette since. I think they're nasty and they're disgusting. And that's my personal that's that's my personal feelings. If you want to smoke and you want to kill yourself while doing it, while inhaling all of those chemicals. And I hope, you know, hey, look, this is my personal opinion. I'm not out here. I'm not a politician. I'm not getting paid by somebody to say this stuff. It's just how I feel. You know, sitting down with somebody who who to go out to eat and they stand up in the middle of a meal and walk outside and smoke a cigarette. Not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that because then you come back in and you smell like shit. And you don't think you smell like shit, but you do. And you're ruining the meal for everybody around you because all you smell is cigarette. You know, go into a bar. I, I, a whole bunch of people were out in Pittsburgh the other night. They're like, hey, come with us. We're going to the super cool dive bar. I was like, awesome, let's go. And somebody was like, yeah, I can smoke in there. And I was like, yeah, have fun. Not going. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Not a fan of that at all. So um, let's see. What else do we have going on for this week? So I have um, – some pretty cool stuff. I'm down in Tampa, Florida um, this week. Uh, no, Fort Myers. I'm sorry. I'm heading down to Fort Myers next week, going to shoot a commercial uh, for one of my buddies um, at, and one of my clients down at the uh, City Tavern. Um, it is on Bay Avenue in Fort Myers, Florida. I will be down there, uh, I think, Wednesday, and I'm flying out Thursday. So it's going to be a fun little weekend. Just kind of get down there, get right back out. Um, and then I leave immediately after that for the, the, um, the Pennsylvania restaurant show, uh, which is out in Pittsburgh. So I get to go back to Pittsburgh. So I'm going to be at taco again. I'm going to pork and beans. I'm going back to meat and potatoes. And I might even go to Denoria's if I have to, cause that was just awesome. So April, I'm on my way back. Um, get the, get the crew together. Uh, Uncle Ray, we got everybody together. It's time to go back out and party. Uh, my cousin lives out there. She just turned 21. Might have to take her out for a little bit of a, a, a 21-year-old celebration. I don't know, a little bar crawl through Pittsburgh? I totally think I could do that. You know, one of the last times I was in Pittsburgh was New Year's Eve about six years ago. I got, I got to talk to G. Love about this when I see him this weekend. Um, I actually – he played in the – him and his band, Special Sauce, played in the middle of the street in Pittsburgh. It was like a 60-degree night. New Year's Eve in Pittsburgh, like in the theater district, cool little town. They had a parade that went through the whole city. Uh, G Love started playing, and then like three quarters of the way through G Love playing, halfway through, they start lighting fireworks off like the fourth floor of this building where there was a huge deck. 
and they just started lighting fireworks off, and it was awesome, man. It was a great, great, great party. Pittsburgh, hey, you guys are not that far from me. Five hours across the across the state. Uh, we're all PA people. Doesn't matter where we're from, even though Philly's better. And uh, I'm excited to get back out there, man. I'm excited to come out and play with you guys again. Um, but I'll be at the uh, the Pennsylvania Restaurant Show, uh, which is in Pittsburgh, October 22 and 23. Um, this is going to be a really neat event. There's a couple of cool chefs that are coming out. Uh, I'm going to be out there doing a demo as well. I'm going to be having fun with the, with the crew out there. I'm going to be doing uh, – we're going to do a little VIP. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to have some fun. So – if you're in Pittsburgh and you feel the desire to come out and check it out, go to the restaurant show. You can actually go directly to – I will post a link. I think that's what I have to do. I've got to post the link to this uh, – to my um, to my link on there. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Do, 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 do. Share your customized landing page. We've created a customized landing page for you to share and promote your demonstrations at the Pennsylvania Food Service Expo. Um, so what you guys are going to do is you're going to click on the link. I'll post it up on my Facebook page. Okay, It'll be on the Facebook page. Um, I'm doing uh, just a kind of fun thing. I'm doing a demo on Monday from 1 to 1.30, doing a demo on Tuesday from 1 to 1.30. I'm doing a live demonstration, and you can use uh, – and you can register for free. Using my promo code, which is BD17. Go to the website, okay? Uh, and the website is uh, – let me see if I can find it right here. Let's go to register. If you go to register, it's pafoodserviceexpo.com. Right there, pafoodserviceexpo.com. Um, uh, go, go right up there. Hit attendee registration. Add in the code of bd 17 and uh, you guys get like discounts and stuff, all right? Maybe, hey, send me a text or a tweet while you're out there, and we can rock and roll from there. I think it's going to be a fun week, um, fun couple of weeks coming up with a bunch of stuff. Then the first week of Tampa, I, or the first week of November, right back down to Tampa. I've got to get back down to Tampa. Then I'm going directly from Tampa over to uh, Dallas. I'm going over to play with the boys from Middleby because Middleby is uh, sponsoring the nightclub and bar Food and Beverage Innovation Center where I get to hang out with eight of my dear friends uh, who are chefs. We're doing demos out there. It's a really cool section. Um, go to nightclubandbar.com. It's going to be one of the biggest years thus far. Okay, The show itself is growing tremendously. The negative aspect of the show is gone. Um, it is going to be a really positive show. It's going to be a lot of fun. I do a great section called the Food and Beverage Innovation Center that we work directly with Chef's Warehouse. We work directly with like Vitamix and we work directly with Middleby and Middleby does all the equipment. And so I've got chefs like Panini Pete, uh, Panini Blome out of uh, out of Alabama and Nick Liberato from L.A. And Keith Breedlove from Sacramento and Kayla Robeson. These are all my friends. These are like my buddies. And we get to hang out in Vegas together and cook. Come on. This is the best. Kayla Robeson is at Nation Kitchen and Bar down there in Cincinnati. Chad Rosenthal, who is all the way over here uh, in Philly, just in the sub in the outskirts um, with his place, uh, Lucky Well and Bond Me and, the, and Bond Street and all that. Um, we've got Matt Varga from up there in Connecticut. We got a bunch of really cool chefs lined up and, uh, we get Johnson and Wales students in and all that good stuff. So, uh, check all these things out. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to cut it. We're going to cut it this week. I think we're going to cut it just shy of an hour 
uh, on the show. We're not going to do a guest this week. This was just a time for us to chat, chat time for us to, to get together and have a conversation. Um, do me a favor, though. If you guys like the show, tell your friends about it. Okay, tell them to hop on to iTunes or Stitcher. Go directly to RadioInfluence.com and download the show. Um, you can subscribe to it. It's the easiest thing in the world. Hit subscribe. It shows up on your phone. Shows up on your iPad. Shows up on your Android. Shows up. I don't know where the hell it shows up, but it does its thing. Like, like that's why Jerry and and Jason from Radio Influence are are the brilliant masterminds behind this whole thing. Because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how all that works, man. I don't. I can tweet. And I can tweet, and I love to tweet. I'm a tweeting motherfucker. And if you want to tweet with me, you can do that real simply. It's Chef Bri Duff, C-H-E-F-B-R-I-D-U-F-F, which is the same exact thing as Instagram. Chef Bri Duff, B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Um, and then if you want to get over to Facebook, I love Facebook as well. I do a lot of videos on Facebook. I did one this afternoon for my food that I'm doing for this weekend with my pork belly and my tomatoes and my bacon and rosemary and all that good shit. Um, but uh, if you want to go to Facebook, it's Chef Brian Duffy. and that, That's who I am out there. Um, got to do a couple of thanks real quick. We've got to thank the lovely, the wonderful, the unbelievably talented Maggie Gagliardi. Maggie has an amazing show that is coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, she is uh, the, the wonderful person who puts all of my – our mine, ours, we're a team, we're a group. That's the way this whole thing works. She does all of the illustrations for all of my guests that are on the show. Uh, professional illustrator, designer, and commercial artist. She's got a BFA in illustration from Pear College in, in, uh, uh, in Hamden, Connecticut. Um, she's also an instructor at Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut, and New Hampshire Institute of Art in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, as well as the Center for Creative Youth at Wesleyan University. Um, she's got some cool stuff going on. Um, she's got an open studio happening um, uh, or open studios up in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and you can check out one of her coolest things, that one of, one of her greatest drawings that she's done. Um, I, I love this 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 guy that she put together. It's a little dog in, in like, you know, war uniform. It's pretty cool. Um, she's very, very talented. So go and check her out. Um, Got to thank uh, Michelle Stockman out at Techno Solutions for doing all my website stuff, um, my graphic design, uh, you know, for my websites and all that. She's amazing. And then I've got to thank the boys, Jerry and Jason out there at RadioInfluence.com. Get out there and check them out. The podcasts that these guys have is amazing, okay? The things that they put together are awesome. Um, they have uh, – I, I, I want to say – I'm trying to hop onto the site real quick because I want to see how many podcasts they actually do. Um, so current shows – I mean, geez, they've got a uh, – geez, Lord, look at this. They, they've got a Landry football. They've got the Jim Fannin show. They've got Three Dog Thursday. They've got the MMA report, James Galore, okay, or Games Galore. They've got tra uh, Leveling the Playing Field, Yards and Stripes, Laundry Football. In the trenches with Ian Beckles. By the way, Ian Beckles, you guys want to have a party. So I did the show with Ian Beckles, and I hopped on Ian's podcast as well when I was down there last time. And uh, Ian's awesome, man. Such a cool dude. Ian wears Crocs, and I'm not a Croc guy. So I got a gift for Ian that I have to bring back down. I was going to try to send it to him, but I really want to see his face instead when I hand them to him. So check out uh, the Ian Beckel stuff too. Roundtable Reloaded. I mean you got there's 164 different podcasts it looks like that are on here. Everything, news and politics, sports, MMA, entertainment, wrestling, self-improvement, okay? They've got them across the board. 
Um, so check them out. It's radioinfluence.com. It's all digital audio. Um, Jerry and Jason put it together. They work their asses off. They deal with all my bullshit of me being late and doing a show on a Thursday night that has to air the next morning. But guess what? This one's unedited, man. Duffified Live is unedited. We're going to rock and roll right through it. Thank you guys so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope that everybody has an absolutely amazing week. Thank you. Adios. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>